uh, hopefully I'll be here next week. I won't have packed my family up and moved to Africa <laughs> by next week. <laughs> so hopefully we'll be back next week to give you another show. Cause other than hopefully now, lighter news, you're listening to the snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And this is Nika Monford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. And you're listening to the Snob OS Podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. So how's it going? We kind of took a week off last week. So catch us yes. up on what happened with you uh, via Memorial Day, the first official holiday of the coronavirus. So <laughs> depressing. I just I just chillaxed around the house. You know, I have like upstairs, like two patios, one in the front, one in the back. So I just toggle between the patios with a cocktail. That just was, that's just, it, huh? That's it. I talked to my neighbors because, you know, people are out, you know, just, you know, chit chatting and, and such. But for the most part, I just took the time. I was like, I can't really go anywhere. So I'm just going to continue on my, my chillax mode. You know, that's pretty much what I've been doing. For most of the, the um, most of the shutdown, so just okay. trying to like refuel my coffers because they have been depleted. So that was pretty much my jam. What about you? Uh, hung out with the family. You know, cleaned off, cleaned out the grill. That took half a day because <laughs> I hadn't <laughs> touched it since last season, and uh, got on the grill and sat outside in our on our patio and. Had some barbecue and stuff with the family, and that's about it. Did not brave these streets like a lot of the Georgians oh. did over the Memorial Day. People were out and about doing all the kinds AT of things. The aliens was out like it was like we are not in the middle of a pandemic. They decided the pandemic was over, and they were out. I was just shocked, and they're still out. I don't think they're going back in. Yeah, no, Memorial Day was it. I when I I knew it a long time ago when George Kemp, Kemp who was uh the Georgia governor, when he first started talking about we're opening it up soon, I knew it was Memorial Day. It's like they got to get started so when Memorial Day hit, people can go outside and people can spend money and do whatever. Uh so I think that's what they are gearing up for. And then even more so now as more states are reluctantly or um, voluntarily, they're trying to get ready for 4th of July. I think this, these holidays that they like, okay, well, businesses, the government, whatever, that we've lost all this money, we got to try to get it back. So we're going to force the issue, try to open up the country back early so we have enough time. So when Memorial Day and 4th of July hit, people can go out and spend money like crazy. And there'll be, you know, I think Memorial Day was a test run to see how mm-hmm. people responded. Had people stayed in, they probably would have been like, okay, so maybe. Nope. But since people were out, they were yeah. like, nope, we back. We yeah. open. They Let's got go. pictures of people in Missouri, I think it was. Uh, some popular yeah, lake. Yeah, Ozarks. Yeah, in Missouri. Have I you mean, watched the Netflix show Ozarks? No, I have not. It's so good. But that's why it was so. Oh, because of the show. Because the show. 
the show was so good and so popular. Yep. Got you. So a bunch of people in Florida, out at the beaches, uh, from where me and my wife, we've, you know, lived in Maryland for 10 years, never went to ocean city, but ocean city was crowded. It's like a big, think of it like a mini Atlantic city, a very, very tiny Atlantic city. So they've got the boardwalk on the beach. They got all the shops. They got all the restaurants, got all the entertainment and them people were crowded in there like sardines. And it was just, I don't know if people were just itching to go outside again. I don't know if people are in defiance and it's like, well, we really wasn't going to go outside and do anything anyway. But since you told me I can't go outside, I'm going to extra go outside. I think it's a combination of all of it. I think it's the people who are like, okay, we've been inside. I want to go have some fun now. So I'm going to go out. And then it's the people that are just the, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'm an American. I can do whatever I want. It's those people as well. Because they were like, you know, it's one thing if you're going to go out and do all that stuff and have your mask. It was like, no, we are not wearing, like wearing a mask is now like the new you know, people want to be oppressed so bad. Right. They are now oppressed. Yeah. And, and the not wearing the mask yeah. is a simple uh, symbol of their defiance. Yeah. Okay. That's their, that's their black power fist. It, no mask. <laughs> yep. Bre- breathing on people. Okay. Yeah. And people in Atlanta going to hookah bars. Yeah. I, like saw a, about, so I saw that as well. Yeah. And there's a hookah bar that me and my friends frequent that was in the mix because it's usually a pretty good spot. They was just out there, but I'm like, you are sharing a hookah pipe and this is a respiratory virus that's spread through droplets in contact. And you're blowing smoke all around the whole establishment. All (laughs) around the establishment. This is like, that's like COVID soup, man. (laughs) It's it's funny. It's so funny, but it's not funny because when we have another outbreak in two weeks, because count if you count two weeks from Memorial Day uh-huh. to from two weeks, 14 days to that, watch those numbers are just I think they're just going to just spike and just shoot all the way back up. Yeah, but I think the general sentiment, not the general sentiment, the people who have decided that they're going to just do what they want to do. I think they it's they've said, number one, I'm not the core. I'm, I'm not, not the target. And yeah. I'm not brown. And even so those people, good. the people who are black and brown, I guess they just figure, you know what? They don't care. We'll risk I, it. We'll I, chance it. We will risk it. And if I don't get it and if I don't have it, then. We're I don't fine. care who I spread it to that might and, be vulnerable. And, and I don't see, that's, and I see, don't have it. And see, and that's, that's it. But they don't, uh, that's kind of hard to drive home to people because it didn't affect them yet. Now, if you could specifically say, because I did this, I specifically put somebody else I love in harm's way and they can actually see that that timeline, then yeah, maybe, but it's hard for people to but see. By that then time. it's too late at that point. You already gave it to them, but people, you know, faith yeah. and, you know, uh, people don't believe what they can't see. Yeah. You and know. especially pe- for people who are asymptomatic, they, it's like, I'm not sick. I don't feel sick. They, I don't have a temperature. I'm not coughing. I can mm-hmm. breathe. So I must be fine. Right. Not realizing that you may be healthy, you know, you may have it and be okay, 
but imagine the people that you're around. And we, you know, and, I, and, and that's they, the thing. And I think that's the selfishness that comes in, I think. And, and that's what you made a good point. So it's the selfishness, you know, but it's just, it's sometimes a little frustrating because it's like, if we could have just hunkered down early, if, mm-hmm. if the, if the gov- United States government would have been serious about this thing early and we could have got down on this thing early by April, even maybe by May at the latest, we could have been done with this and we wouldn't have had these big, yeah, we still probably would have had to wear masks and we still probably would not have been able to go to big, huge sporting events right now. But we, right. a lot of the things that we enjoy doing as Americans around Memorial Day, around 4th of July could have been mostly not inhibited by this whole pandemic. But the fact that right. it's like we couldn't do what we wanted to do, was supposed to do in the beginning, which is prolonging it, which people like us who are, you know, following the rules, you know, using sense, you know, if we do have to go out and so on and so forth, it's harder on us because it's like, well, I can't just be like, well, if they ain't doing it, I'm not doing it either because I'm aware of the risks. So therefore I am potentially going to have to be under this longer because there are people out there who are like, I don't care. Right. Not like, of course, I want to be out the pool. I want to be on the beach. I'm normally in someone else's country around this time. So, of course, I want to be out there doing those things. But I have the sensibility to be like, you know what, let me think of the greater good and just chill a bit. But I get jealous seeing people out there just, you know, enjoying life, having a good time. Mm-hmm. And to know that we all could be out there having a good time. Right, right. Had everybody just sat down somewhere yep. for a month. For even a month. Two. If we, you know, we'd, we'd all be out there having a good time. Of course, it would be a different world. Things would be different. But we'd at least all be able to be out. Yep, yep. So. And have some semblance of quote unquote normalcy. But again, it's, yeah. the, it's the few that have to sacrifice for the many. Right, because I know... They've at work, they've, you know, put out a training on what to expect to come back to work. And then I guess they sent out some email that we had to do the training and I guess people weren't doing it. And then it was like, oh, well, this group has this percentage doing it. Let's beat that group to like force people to like go ahead and do the training. Because I think that my particular company, I think they're trying to open back up. I heard someone say today that one of our offices might be opening, you know, in a week and a half. Uh-huh. But I'd already told my manager, I'm like, look, I'm not coming back until right. I feel safe and comfortable because I know how the people here are in Georgia and I know the population that I work with and the location that I work. Right. Oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. is probably a large population of those people who was like, this is a hoax. This ain't real. This is fake. I'm sure they haven't been social distancing. I'm sure they haven't been wearing masks and all those things. So I'm not about to put myself in the position to go to somebody's job, to someone's physical building, to be around people who probably didn't follow the rules when I've been at home for going on three months and I've still met all my deliverables and got all my work done. So I was like, hey, girl. I'm not going to, I won't be there. And my manager is in a different state. So I was like, I'm not going to be there. And she was like, I completely understand. And, you know, that's what we'll work with. And I was like, yep. I was like, it wasn't even an ask. It was like, so this is what I'm doing. 
Yep. So because if I die or get COVID and get sick or die, it'll be like, oh, she was nice. It was good work for her. But my workload is going to keep going. That company is going to keep going. Yep. They'll send some yep. flowers to my mama. Mm. And you know what? She's dead. So, all right, let's keep uh, moving. Uh, They're not going to have a second thought about me. So, nope. Yep. And it's just, it's just amazing. It's just amazing how a lot of people just, it's just, oh, well, we'll figure it out. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But such is life. Yeah. Such is where we are. Yep. All right. Well, I guess let's get into the show. That's our Corona rant for the week. So <laughs> let's get into the show. So like I mentioned before, we uh, skipped last week. So we have a, a little bit to talk about. Probably one of the biggest things that happened last week was iOS 13.5 was announced. Mm-hmm. And in iOS 13.5, probably one of the bigger things was the exposure notification API. Um, in addition to that, uh, face ID enhancements, those two directly related to uh, the pandemic. Uh, first and foremost, the exposure notification API. I think a lot of people, um, present company included, didn't understand what the whole contact tracing that Google and AP and Google and Apple were doing. Now that the um, iOS 13.5 was announced. We kind of get a better idea of what the contact tracing that they were going to implement. And it's basically, like I mentioned, exposure notification API. So basically what that does in a nutshell, I'm not going to read through this whole um, entire story that I found on uh, nine to five Mac, but here's kind of the, the basics of it. Let me find this uh, statement starting today. Our exposure notifications technology is available to public health agencies on both iOS and Android. What we've built is not an app. Rather, public health agencies can incorporate our API into their own apps that people have the choice to install. Our technology is designed to make these apps work better. Each user gets to decide whether or not to opt in to exposure notifications. The system does not collect or use location from the device. And if a person is diagnosed with COVID-19, it is up to them whether or not to report that in the public health app. User adoption is key to success, and we believe that these strong privacy protections are also the best way to encourage use of the apps. So basically what Apple and Google are done, Apple specifically, is they've made an API that if other health agencies like the CDC, like the uh, National Institute of Health, you know, or any other sort of, you know, uh, major health agencies related to COVID-19, if they want to create an app, they can integrate Apple and Google's APIs into their app. And then when users are affected, like, for instance, if I uh, contracted COVID-19, it's up to me to open that health, that health department's app, enter in my information. And then based on the information I enter, based on the people I come in contact with, it'll then go out and send out notifications that, hey, somebody in your area has been affected. And here are the next steps. So I think a lot of people didn't understand if Apple and Google were actually making an app that's going to trace people. But now we know that's not the case. And they've just built technology that makes it easier for uh, health official uh, health agencies to actually create those apps. And then the data that goes through. Apple and Google's devices, like I mentioned, they're not collecting personal data. They're not collecting location data. They are making it just easier for users to opt in to entering their own data that then can be used to trace the spread or trace the um, uh, notify people 
if they are in a family or in location of somebody who has been affected. So I think that's kind of a misconception that they cleared up with uh, iOS 13.5. Again, one of the other major features as it relates to pandemic is the um, face ID. They make it easier to where you can uh, flip a switch in the settings. And then once you swipe up or look at your phone, if you've got a phone that uh, that can notice that your your attention, it will automatically pull up the um, passcode screen enable you to put in your passcode versus trying to recognize your face for like, you know, the two seconds fail and then pop up the passcode screen for you to enter. So it makes it easier for you to bypass that screen if you're out and about and you have to unlock your phone. So right. those are the major, major things that came out of iOS 13.5. There are a few other things, but you know, everything is related to, um, uh, COVID-19 COVID. right now. So all the other stuff was kind of, kind of minor. So those are the major things that came out of iOS 13.5. Right. And I think that doing the API was probably, you know, a good idea. So it pretty much leaves it up to the individual organization to customize whatever they are trying to display based on what their parameters are and not Apple or Google saying, okay, this is what we got. This is what you have to use. So I think that was smart for them to, to go that route. Right. Because they release responsibility. So if they aren't anywhere remotely attached to personal information, Mm -hmm. then let's just say, you know, worst case scenario, you know, the governments do try to figure out the, these agencies try to figure out another way to utilize this data other than uh, trace contract tracing as it relates to COVID-19 Apple and Google say, Hey, that ain't our, <laughs> that ain't our responsibility. We just make it easier for you to create apps that uh, integrate with our devices. We do not collect the data at all. So it's an out at the very least for Apple and Google, but at the same time, it's a benefit because they can also say, look, we are contributing to, um, uh, flattening the curve. We're, we're contributing to getting rid of this pandemic. We know a lot of a lot. We know the majority of the American users either have a uh, Android or an, an iPhone. So let's make it easier to let's contribute without necessarily being responsible. If something goes haywire. Mm-hmm. Yep. Makes perfect sense because everybody is trying to make sure that they aren't liable yeah, buddy. and they want to make sure that they, no one can say that we've accessed your, your PI, your, we violated any HIPAA laws. We're trying to make sure that we are lawsuit free because Apple knows that people will try and sue them for anything. Yeah, buddy. So yeah, Even you can imagine. without cause. So you can only imagine. Yeah. It's, yep. it's wild. So, yep. so they can relinquish that responsibility, but all the while still contributing to uh, getting rid of this pandemic. So I guess win-win for them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> At least somebody's winning. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, in addition to that, you know, this next story, a lot of people downloaded iOS 13.5 for those reasons. And as a result, there are some people who are having issues with iOS 13.5 as it relates specifically to apps. So a lot of people are getting a error message after downloading iOS 13.5 that are giving them this message. This app is no longer shared with you and you have to reinstall the apps. If you get that error message, I didn't get any of those messages. Um, Maybe it's because I've got my phone set to automatically download and install apps. You know, there are some Mm -hmm. people who like to 
selectively pick and choose what they want to install automatically install or not. But so I didn't see any of those messages, but it seems like there are a lot of people uh, who were trying to open up apps and you get the error messages apps no longer share with you. And then you got to go back and redownload it. So I guess there were some issues. Like I said, I didn't experience it. I guess I wanted to reach out to you. Did you experience it? Well, let me first, first and foremost, let me ask you, did you yes. download? Okay. <laughs> I, I want to assume. Did you uh, download iOS 13.5? And then did you see any of those app error issues? No, I didn't really see anything. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, but I guess Apple did acknowledge that there was an issue because they did put out an, an update. Uh, and I'll just go ahead and read it. During the evening of May 24th, many iPhone users have reported they are seeing up to hundreds of pending app updates, even for those apps that have been recently updated. According to Mac rumors, the Apple focus website reports that the dates on these updates go back as far as 10 days, uh, so on and so forth. So basically, um, Apple kind of acknowledged that the issue uh, that was an issue, but pretty much the only way you fix it is just reinstall the apps. So depending on how many apps you have, that could be a big issue. Or like I said, you can do what I do automatically turn on that setting to actually automatically let apps update in the background. So they'll update when your phone is charged and connected to Wi-Fi. So that's in the most case when you're at night sleeping, I just turn that on. and I, I, I didn't notice any of those issues. Yeah, I haven't seen anything. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just want to put that out there. So if you did get that issue, it's not just you and I hate to say it, but go ahead and redownload the app, which takes what, maybe five seconds. So, but you know, it is a little inconvenience, especially when you're using apps all day long. Yeah. Yep. So which we pretty much are these days. Yep. Yep. So yep. The next uh, big story that came out the last week or so is uh, there is a, um, a new famous or infamous uh, Apple leaker. His name is John Prosser and he's been getting all the, the, the publicity as of late because of this major uh, leak that he is claiming to have, uh, have information on as it relates to Apple glass. So for those who don't know, Apple glass, according to John Prosser is the new, the one more thing the next generation, the new iteration thing that Apple is working on, not an automatic smart car, not anything else. It's the glasses that uses, according to John Prosser, we use augmented reality that will actually display information on the lenses of your glasses. So if you been around, the, uh, been in the tech game for a while, you can remember the Google glass, mm-hmm. which was those frames that had that uh, Star Trek, that Star Trek board. Yeah, yeah, they had that one glass thing on the end or on one side of your eye that you could look into that could display information in that little area. So it kind of looked dorky. It looked super geeky, super techie. But a lot of problem with that was it had a camera on it to where you could automatically start to record people and audio and video. And they got a lot of backlash because of the data, you know, data privacy concerns, you know, people who were walking around with these Google glass on, you know, people kind of felt uncomfortable because they didn't know if their, their conversations were being recorded. So there was a lot of little pushback on that, uh, with the Google glass, according to, uh, John Prosser in this story from Apple insider, 
It won't have any sort of cameras, won't have any sort of microphones. It will have a LiDAR camera, which is the same LiDAR camera that's in the new iPad Pro and will probably be in the iPhone 12 that's coming up that lets you map area, you know, map the physical area around you. So it can kind of see surfaces. It can detect distances and can model your area around you. So that's good for. Uh, wayfinding. So, you know, you could uh, be looking into these Apple glasses, use the LIDAR to kind of detect distance and use that for like Apple Maps to where you can actually see in your lenses which way you're going, which direction you need to take. You can see, you know, speed limits, who knows what. So another uh, thing that he leaked about uh, Apple Glass is it won't have any sort of processing power inside the glasses. Uh, that'll all be done on the iPhone, probably on the iPhone 12 with the latest and greatest uh, processing chip. So if you were interested in getting Apple Glass, you would probably have to be on the very latest iPhone in order to take advantage of that, which is similar to how the very first Apple Watch worked, which is why it was so slow was because it relied on the iPhone to do all the processing. Well, now we're in Apple Watch 5. Most, if not all, the processing is done on the Apple Watch. So we'll see how fast or slow the Apple Glass, if this is a real thing. Again, this is all rumors, but we'll have to see if since all the processing power is done on the iPhone, even if it's a brand new iPhone with all the new super fast chips, if that's going to hinder the functionality of the Google Glass versus having onboard processing like some of the newer Apple Watches. Uh, something else that he leaked was the fact that uh, Apple Glass, they wanted to announce it in September uh, during the mm-hmm. iPhone 12 announcement as, you know, John or, you know, famously, you know, uh, Steve Jobs and now Tim Cook does that. And one more thing. And, and one were, more thing. Exactly. Yeah. And re- announce this new thing. But according to, you know, the story due to the pandemic, the shortage supply. You know, they have to push that back to possibly 2021. Uh, so we may not see Apple Glass until sometime next year, maybe March. Who knows? But and then the final thing was that it's suspected to retail for five hundred dollars, which is a surprise because the Google glasses were like twelve hundred dollars. And they again, they looked funky. Well, these actually look like actual glasses. They don't look have, you know, they don't, no future visors or anything like that. And they may be, you know, you may be to use a prescription. So I already. Yeah, used that's, what I, that's what I saw somewhere that they said you could possibly get them that you will be able to get them in your prescription. Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah. So the prescription will be better. I mean, not better. I can't even get the words out. Good grief. <laughs> The prescription will be more, so it will, it'd be five ninety nine plus if you wanted to get prescription. But that is a positive because that lets me know that they'll actually look like glasses versus right. have some weird, <laughs> weird look. Futuristic, right? Dumb something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So according to the story, uh, he mentioned that the prototype he saw was plastic, but you know, knowing Apple, they'll may use like a metal version you know so you'll have like a a premium version and then like a sport version same thing with apple watch you know they have different materials for different usage Mm -hmm. um and i think that is it as far as everything i saw um yeah so maybe 2021 2022 is when maybe they'll actually be available but i guess the the interesting part of the story is 
<laughs> the <laughs> people who normally leak things are kind of up in the air about whether or not to believe this from this leaker. And I think yeah, I think it's funny because they don't know who this guy is. You know, he's done some other uh, leaks in the past. He was right on some things, right on some some wrong things. He was wrong on some things. And a lot of people don't know what to believe. And I think it's ironic that the leakers don't trust this leaker. And I'm like, <laughs> he's just playing y'all game. Y'all just mad because he scooped it before he scooped y'all. You. Right. So now in all of your in all of your reporting of the Apple Glass, you have to quote him instead of having other people quote you for you having leaked it at first. So right. I, I thought that was uh, interesting. But yeah, so if you're interested, um, I, I don't we'll have to see. I think the one thing that gives me, I, I, I would normally be all in. The only thing that gives me pause is the fact that it's going to depend on the iPhone for all of its processing power. So we'll see how connected the glasses are to the iPhone. Uh, according to some stories that I read that there, are, you know, some extra, a new Apple is trying to, you know, um, put out some new Wi-Fi uh, specification that will possibly strengthen the connection between the Apple glasses and the iPhone. So maybe that'll, you know, mitigate the idea that all the processing power for the glasses is done on the phone. If they're so well connected that you don't notice, but that would be the only thing to give me pause because if it's slow, if there's a delay, you know, if there, if it's, you know, not as functional because it's waiting on my iPhone to do, to, to feed it information and, and, you know, learn from it, then uh, that'd be. And you're going to have to factor in battery power too. how much of your battery is that going to eat up? Right. And then how much battery do the glasses have themselves? Because if it's, if they look like a regular pair of glasses, where's all the technology? Is it in the, is it in the stem part that goes behind your ear? Is it in the frames? Is it in the, 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 you know, where is the, the circuits that, you know, process, you know, like you said, battery life, you know, is that going to drain? Like you mentioned, is that going to drain my iPhone? Is the glasses only going to be good for four hours? You know, I wear glasses pretty much all day and, you know, <laughs> I don't want to have to be switching glasses because the batteries ran out. <laughs> right. Because you're thinking, oh, I'm good for the day. And it's like, nope. Right. Right. But again, with the prescriptions, at the very least, they'll work like normal glasses and then have the extra functionality when the battery isn't dead. So we'll have to see. So a lot of questions. We still got a year and a half. It looks like it. So but it's just cool that um he scooped it before anybody else. And now they're all, they all have to quote him. And he's kind of like a superstar now, right? Because of them, because they want to scoop it, but they have to quote him. Right. So I thought that was interesting. All right. All right. Sometimes no one likes to be the one that is not the quote unquote popular one. Right. Right. So, all right. So I think the only other thing is uh, Apple card uh, gets QuickBooks support. So, you know, you think of the Apple card and Apple wallet. Well, everything is done within the Apple, uh, the wallet app. But if you are budgeting, if you do use a QuickBooks for either personal or professional um, finance, you know, whether you're managing your budget, you know, categorizing your expenses. When Apple, Apple card and Apple wallet first came out, you couldn't export your data in anywhere like any other sort of bank. You know, you can import or export your expenses to some other piece of software and then you can use that to manage your bills, whatever the case may be. Well, Apple has finally started to add uh, other de- uh, data export options. So if you want to look at your expenses for the month 
in a larger platform or a larger app that gives you more functionality, more control over how you look at the data. You can now do that uh, with Apple Card. Of course, you have to update to iOS 13.5. But now if you do, you can actually export CSV files um, and import those into QuickBooks and the Quicken Financial Exchange, I guess, for the people who the big timers. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, like I said, I only I only use Apple Card for personal expenses. So that really doesn't factor into uh, any sort of major budgeting, you know, when the money, when my allowances ran out, I can't use my <laughs> Apple card no more. So that's pretty much the only budgeting that I, I need, but they're for people who use the Apple credit card as their one and only credit card, but they want to manage their budgets. You know, Apple, the Apple wallet does do a good job of showing you where you spent things, categorizing things, but QuickBooks has been around forever. They are the beast when it comes to doing all that. So it makes sense. Oh, for Apple. Yeah. So it, it makes sense for Apple to uh, relinquish some of their information to third parties. And I think it's a good thing, you know, yeah. as much as I want Apple to keep everything in the ecosystem, you know, there are some good services out there that Apple needs to make sure that they integrate with. And I think this is a good move. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, so that is it for all things Apple in the lowdown. Let's go into second string where we talk all things tech in general. So I wanted to, as a father with kids and specifically with a three-year-old who loves <laughs> his tablet, I wanted to uh, tell you about this new story that YouTube kids is now available on Apple TV. So YouTube kids is a popular app that you can download onto a tablet and iPhone that really strips out all the junk of YouTube and gives you just kid friendly parent friendly um, uh, content. You know, we use it heavy for our three year old, but we only been able to use it to, you know, to the tablet that he that he uses. But now we can actually queue up that same content and put it on our TVs because we don't have cable proper. We use the Internet and stream all of our information via Apple TV. So now I can open up YouTube kids on our TV if we need to <laughs> pacify him <laughs> for for a while versus, and we don't have to worry about him clicking on something that we necessarily don't want him to see. So just want to let all the people out there, especially the parents out there, you know, YouTube kids. Now, if you have Apple TV, you can put that on there and let plop your kid down in front of the TV for a couple hours. <laughs> right. It is what it is. I ain't going to front, you know, I'm one of those parents is like, look, sit down, watch TV for a little bit. <laughs> I don't think anybody is fronting anymore about <laughs> what they're doing with these kids <laughs> during this pandemic, because everybody's like, look, I have to work. Yeah, and buddy. I need for you to just go over here and sit down somewhere. So I can get done what I need to get right. done. Exactly. So yeah, shame me if you want to. That's that's what it is. So <laughs> <laughs> just want to let my fellow parents out there know now you got something else to to entertain your kids with. So yeah, definitely download that. That's again that's available for Apple TV directly. So all right. So I guess the the next story that I had for um, second string is Samsung has decided. Speaking of Apple Card. Samsung has decided to come up with its own card called Samsung money. And it is partnered with SoFi, which is a uh, popular banking, um, ba a new uh, banking institution on the, on the, in the financial game. And unlike the Apple card, this is not a actual credit card, 
but it's more of a debit card, a MasterCard debit card that connects you to the to your SoFi uh, management, you know, your banking, your checking and savings account, and then you can manage your money that way. So the same way Apple card, you use it as a credit card anywhere in the store, you know, you let you pay your bills via the, you know, your Samsung pay. I think you, you can connect it to uh, your Samsung wallet rather. And then, you know, you can load money that way. You can pay your bills. You can see all your, you know, your categories, all your expenses. You can see all that in a cool, you know, uh, mobile, um, mobile interface. So now you can do the same thing with Samsung that you can do with Apple. But again, like I said, the only difference is Apple is an actual credit card and the Samsung um, money is connected to a bank account that you manage that way. So you do have to actually have the money in the bank account in order to use it to use it uh, right it's not any credit exactly so but i thought is this so far i i don't know maybe i'm thinking of the wrong thing but didn't they used to be like i remember seeing like commercials um like they were like a like a loan like a like yes. a student loan consolidation thing is that their same company yes they started off there but now they've expanded into you know just general banking and personal finance so, like oh, I said, okay. they, they offer a money management account to where you can deposit money into. And then, you know, kind of the idea is to use that to better manage your money. In addition to, I think, like you mentioned, SoFi, you can uh, do personal loans. So, you know, if you're trying to fix your credit or you're trying to, you know, refine, uh, remodel your house or whatever the case may be, you can go to SoFi and take out a personal loan. But in addition to that. Now you can integrate that with your uh, Samsung Galaxy device and use that, you know, with your contactless payments, which, again, in this whole pandemic, you know, COVID-19, you know, you want to touch as least amount of things as possible. So the ability for Samsung to actually uh, give a real option to let people, you know, do contactless payments and manage your finance in one app, you can now do that with Samsung money. So definitely all my Google and Android and Samsung folks out there. If you're looking for your Apple, Apple card, reasonable facsimile, you can definitely check out Samsung money. Yep. All right. We're getting into this money game. Yeah. Yep. This, I'm, I'm look, I'm all for it. Like I said, I don't want to be carrying around a wallet filled with five or 10 credit cards when I can do carry around my phone that has those same credit cards. And all I got to do is pull my phone out anytime I want to make a, a pay, um, make a purchase. So I'm all for it. Even if it is the Samsung. <laughs> right. So I think the last thing, um, your, your boy, your boy, <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump has, has decided he wants to throw a tantrum against Twitter and has signed an executive order targeting social media companies. So uh, if you don't know what's going on, um, Donald Trump, I think last weekend or earlier this week, uh, yeah, fired off some tweets in regards to voter fraud. And he couldn't for the life of him understand uh, in this tweet why we would even consider um, mailing in votes. Forget the fact that we are in this whole coronavirus thing and we're trying to do social distancing and we're trying to figure out better ways that people can participate in the election process without cramming together and possibly spreading coronavirus. Forget all that. He cannot understand why they would do that because according to him, 
male voter fraud is is rampant. rampant and that's the reason why he lost the popular vote to Hillary Clinton in 2016 because all of these people mailed in these fake fictitious vi- um, uh, votes so on and so forth so of course uh, something new that Twitter and a couple other um, social media companies are trying to do is, you know they're trying to stop the spread of fake news for lack of a better term and under those tweets that Donald Trump fired off in regards to the fake motor voter uh, ballots, they put a simple little little area that said, get the details on mail voter um, voter fraud. And it linked to actual facts as it relates to mail voter fraud. And uh, I guess Donald Trump did not like that. So according to him, he because he knows is right. He knows that it's voter fraud. Right. Bro, and, and, amongst, and amongst all the other stuff that's going on in the world that some of the stuff we'll get to a little later, uh, according to him, this is a big deal. They meaning the social media companies have a shield. They can do what they want. They're not going to have that shield anymore. So according to this um, liability, liability protection, I'll just go ahead and read it. Um, the White House released a final executive order Thursday that could pare back platform liability protections under Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act. Under Section 230, Internet companies have broad immunity from liability for the contact for the content, rather, their users post on their platforms. The draft order would open the door for the Commerce Department and Federal Communications Com- Commission to reinterpret the law and allow the Federal Trade Commission to create a tool for users to report bias online. So I've read this two and three and four times, and I finally, it kind of makes sense. Basically, what they want to do is they want to make social media companies more liable for the information that they post online, not not the people who post it, which for the longest, a lot of conservatives and liberals alike, a lot of people have fought against social media companies to not um, uh, be uh, for people not to be liable for what they say online, free speech, Second Amendment, all that. So it sounds like this law or this executive order kind of limits the Second Amendment rights of people. Um, so all that to say, it sounds like because even though you mean Donald, the First Amendment. Uh, what? Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I say Second Amendment. Those are guns. Yeah, First I was Amendment. Like, Wait a minute. Jeez, I was like, did they talk about guns? But yeah, yeah, I mean, no, no. The, it makes sense because he he always injects guns to, into the conversation. Right. So I was like, that could be right. <laughs> <laughs> this is my bad. My bad. The First Amendment, free speech. Right. So it sounds like it limits First Amendment rights of people because it makes it, if if Twitter is can be but held his response, liable. But his response was the same thing that said. You're violating my rights, but now he did an executive order to do that same thing. <sighs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So, but what the? But I think the issue that he doesn't see because he's him so short short minded. I hate to say that, but our president is so short minded that by him doing this order, if Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all these other social media platforms can be held liable. For the things that people say on the Internet, guess what these companies are going to start doing? They're going to start not letting people say anything on the Internet at all. And then we're back to square one 
It's, it's going to be like communist China where they monitor everything that goes out and everything that comes in. And nobody's going to like that. I mean, you know, liberals will say, oh, you know, the conservatives are out here saying all this stuff on the Internet. Conservatives will say, oh, the liberals are saying all this stuff on the Internet and everybody's always me. But if the if this goes through and companies like Twitter and Facebook say, you know what, we're just going to monitor everything. Nobody's going to like that. You know, as much as yeah, I think. Go ahead. And, and my thing is, it's they meaning, you know, some of the conservatives and, you know, liberals as well, pretty much everybody is like, oh, this is a lie. This isn't true. This is false. And he is one of the main ones that if there's something that goes against what he thinks, he's the first to call the lie and wants it fact checked. You would think that they would want lies fact checked, except for it seems like their lies. Everything they say is right. Everything they type is makes sense but if someone else has an opposing opinion then censor them don't censor me censor them and his his response was as president i it was like he he thinks he's like a king or a dictator of some sort this is a publicly traded company you can't regulate everything and had they talk so much crap about president obama and the executive orders and people like well why he, why didn't he do an executive order on this they would have nailed his behind to yeah. the freaking cross Ooh, yeah if he would have done half the stuff by yeah. executive order oh you're usurping the will of the people yeah, you're buddy. bypassing you know the the other two branches of government this is you need to be impeached. This is completely wrong. And I mean, they would have nailed him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But again, like you mentioned, it's all about him. So he felt, he personally felt slighted that they Twitter decided to not necessarily fact check him directly. They just said, get more information on this whole subject that he is referring to and then make your own decisions. Right. That's right. pretty and much was, general. Right. And ge- it was like a, a, a very minimal, innocuous type of thing. It wasn't like, you're a liar. Right. This is wrong. Fact check. It was like just a looks point and say, hey, you may want to check this out because there are, what, four states that already do all mail-in ballots anyway. Mm-hmm. He yep. himself voted by mail-in. Right. So they have absentee ballots because they have people who are in other countries who are in the military who are working or whatever the case may be that mail in their ballots i just i'm it's i'm just so tired yeah i'm just so tired and the fact that he's even talking about this when we got black people being murdered on camera and you are pissed because someone called you on your BS dude. Like- yeah. It's crazy how fast he moved to sign this executive order. But when people asked him about George Floyd, he was like, yeah, it's very, very sad. Very, very sad. And then that's it. Sad. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> just crazy. I mean, I just, I don't get it. And your boy Zuck is like, Oh, that was wrong. They shouldn't have done that. Dude. If you don't get your oh. brown nose in. Okay. Okay. I don't, <sighs> Yeah, it's like all right. You, I don't you, even know what the white equivalent of Uncle Tom would be, but whatever it is. Yeah, it's like all right. Just, I guess it's- people are upset at Facebook, and you keep on poking the bear. As much as I personally say it's hard to be in a world without Facebook, there are people you keep on poking that bear. A lot of people They'll will start to down. leave. They'll start to leave. And if you don't have all that customer data, then you can't serve your advertisers and you can't make any money. Right. And the way that the black community and, you know, other 
you know, ethnic groups or well, racial groups as well are upset about all the stuff that's going on. If, you know, I think we've talked about this before, but people are angry. And if they get angry enough and they see that he is continuously, even after the Cambridge Analytica stuff, even after all of the false, uh-huh. you know, propaganda out there, if people finally say, which I think people, it's almost fever pitch. It's like a perfect storm. You got COVID, you got this guy being an a-hole, you got the elections coming up, you have, you know, people being murdered and police called on them. It's like a perfect storm for him to see his business just go, you know, bye bye and lose. I don't think I won't I don't think it'll go bye bye, but I think if people are ramped up as much as they are because of all this stuff and decide to say send a big F you to him, you know, yep. bro, you are really your 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 business, your base is people. And the very people that you are saying this stuff about, the stuff that you're, you're you're saying regards to, you know, truth telling or whatever the case may be, this is not what you want, man. Right. So you you barely escape Cambridge Analytica, right. and you it's stuff about Facebook every freaking day. Yeah. So you may want to chill and not be so cavalier in your statements, but yep. I guess when you're a billionaire, you can do that. Yeah, buddy. So. We'll see where all this goes. You know, um, I don't on I could be wrong, but I don't see this flying at all past any person with any sort of knowledge of understanding of law (laughs) is is going to get shot down and nothing. And I don't even think I I know that I think Jack made a statement about it. But if Zuck doesn't want to, you know, be what he calls it. Uh, no private company should act as an arbiter of truth. If he wants to do that for his platform, let everybody else do what they want to do with theirs. Mm-hmm. And I don't see this fact checking going anywhere, especially since now it's driving even more visibility to Twitter. No, yeah. they don't yep. keep doing it. Yeah, buddy. As so. they should. Yeah, as they should. They should do that in more places and not just with the president. They should do that. With a lot of, you know, because it's a lot of people out here lying. A lot of people, you know, <laughs> Republican, Democrat, you know, who matter. There's a lot All of people of who are so itching for a platform that they will say some of the most wildest things with no sort of recourse. So at the very Just least, to get some likes and clicks. Right. So, again, there are some thing, wild things that people say that should be uh, censored. If you, you know, inciting violence, you know, the whole nine, the normal stuff. But for all the other things that are just flat out lies, but they're that are not I don't want to call them victimless lies because, you know, some, you know, Russia, you know, that's how they yeah. elect, you know, so I don't want to call them victims of things that that's violent. That's how we got in this mess now. They should at the very least be able to give more information behind, uh, you know, any sort of information that could be untruthful and give people the ability to do more research. And that's all. That's all. And then from that research, if you decide, well, I believe that or that that's something that I stand for, or you say, you know what, that was completely wrong and you don't mess with them anymore. That that should be your right as well. So right. as much right as you have to say it, there should be equal enough right for people to call you on it. And if we can't call you on it, then that's not the America that, you know, it's supposed, it's supposed to be anyway. That's not the America that I know, but 
there's a lot going on in America right now. <laughs> it's so much. It's so exhausting. Yeah. It's so exhausting, man. I was like, <sighs> it's like something every day. Yeah, buddy. So, yeah. So that's it for second string. So we're going to keep the, keep the anger going. I'm going to do this out of order a little bit and kind of end on a positive note. So I uh, wanted to yes. start with the, start with the, what did you what did you or how did you feel or how did you respond to the whole Joe Biden? If you don't vote for me, you ain't black comments. So before you but before you before you start, let me get some background. So um, Joe Biden was on the Breakfast Club doing an interview. He was not on the Breakfast Club, was he? He was actually doing an interview with one of the Bre- Breakfast Club hosts and they got they had a, um, you know, type of a Zoom type interview. And towards the end of the interview. They were uh, Joe Biden and the host Charlemagne the God were kind of going back and forth as to what were Joe Biden's policies as it relates to your actual policies. Right. You know, Joe Biden does a good job of appealing to everybody. But I think Charlemagne kind of wanted him to dig down a little bit deeper and give me some exact policies. And I don't know if that made Joe Biden upset. I don't know if he wanted to just just, you know, flipping, you know, laugh, laugh it off. But when his comment was, well, you know, regardless of the policies, if you don't vote for me, you ain't you're not you're not black. And then they kind of went back and forth and then kind of the interview ended. So then that kind of everybody took the social media to, you know, have this this discussion about what he meant and what are the implications. So I just wanted to get your you know, opinions on what did you think about the statements and how do you think that plays into his electability, the election, you know, what should what should the response to black people be uh, from black people, if any? What do you think? First of all, I'm already annoyed that I'm going to have to choose between two old, rich white dudes for president. OK, one is better than the other one, but honestly. Not by much. In the grand scheme of things, but better nonetheless. And um, I know that he has people in his camp that will help him stay on track. And Joe Biden was all cool and cute being vice president because, honestly, he could be the cool Uncle Joe because he didn't really have no responsibility like that. So that was fine. But now you're trying to sit in the top seat. First of all, he has gotten a little bit too comfortable. Yeah. And I think it's because one, of course, him and President Obama, you know, he was President Obama's vice president. He has a lot of black women um, on his campaign. And I'm sure other black people, you know, are supporting him that are high profile. So I think bro just got too comfortable. Right, right. And it's like, no, you don't get to say as a rich white man in America, you don't get to dictate what being black is because you're not right. I don't care how many friends you got, your, your, what you're championing, who, you know, you got black people in your family. I don't give a rat's patootie about any of that. You have no right to speak on what constitutes blackness, especially since you are not black. And since you have in your history have, been on the wrong side, the wrong, all the way wrong side <laughs> of a lot of the legislation of that did have an adverse effect on a lot of people. You now want to vote for you, so crime bill, right? Segregationist. I yeah, mean, yeah, all buddy. this stuff, bro. And the thing is, like, oh, it's so long ago. 
But yeah, it may have been long ago, but that speaks to the core principles of a person. Can you evolve? Can you change? Sure. But to me, it puts the thing is, but are you really for me? I don't know. I can't say that for sure because of what you did before. And right now, honestly, I I only say speak for myself, but being a black person, I find it really hard to trust some things that people say. You could be the best. I could have known you forever. You could have always been cool and no real issues. But, um, you know, these type of this climate that we're in, it brings out the true nature in people. And when people are pressed, when people are upset, when people are fearful of their quote unquote way of life, the trueness and the realness that they are typically able to suppress, mm-hmm. it seeps out because everybody is just on edge. Right. And the truth comes out. Now to your other question, do I think it will stop people from voting? Do I believe so? This compiled with a non-black VP, I don't think it will shift anybody to um, five or if there's a third party candidate, what people will do will stay home. You remember back when President Obama got elected the first time, it was this huge voter die push uh-huh. from Diddy. And I mean, he got young black people out in droves. And people, these are the same people that are still going to have to vote. Now, a lot of those people were young. They were first time voting, you know, maybe have voted a couple times, didn't uh-huh. really know about it. Now they're full grown adults. Right. They've lived through some stuff right so now they're like uh no i i i'm better off you know not go right. showing up because these people aren't going to show up for me right you know the biggest you know voting block of the democratic party are black women right and black women get kicked to the curb every single time right people don't listen until it's too late and when it's too late then they go and blame them well why didn't you say anything before or it's your fault that you didn't get out more people to vote and people are tired they're tired of being taken at job they're tired of being taken for granted and they're tired of the fact that we have the current person in office because we had one out of 45 presidents to not be white and they just completely lost their right stuff right and they could not just they could not overcome it. And it's still so prevalent today. Everything that comes up, it's his fault. It's his fault. It's his fault. Right. No, it's not. And I just think people people are tired. Yeah. And I am going to go into that voting booth. I'm going to hold my breath. I'll probably throw <laughs> it aside. But I'm going to pull the lever for him because I know that even though we continue to get crapped on, overlooked, underrepresented, underfunded, that's still, even with all those things, that's still better than what we have for people who look like me, right. for people in my family, for people that I care about. Right. And it's, it's, it's honestly, it's just disgusting and it makes me sick and I hate that I have to do it, but I know that I, I can't skip out, but not everybody has that type of um, freedom outlook. And freedom on that and mm-hmm. the willingness. They're like, well, see, I told y'all voting doesn't really matter. Right. And so you have those people. Then you have people like Diddy talking about we not voting until, you know, we have a black agenda. You got Cube doing the same thing. Our vote ain't free and all that kind of stuff. 
Well, you people, you people meaning Diddy and um, Ice Cube, Cube uh-huh. y'all are multi, multi, borderline right. billionaire people. Right. This stuff, him actually being in office helps you more financially than it does someone else. You're certainly so, you're certainly more insulated if Trump does get reelected. Right. Know. And even, you know, and, and even still, if something does happen, you have enough money and influence to make sure that you and your family are taken care of. I have to be concerned about, you know, not just my family, but mm-hmm. other families like mine, mm-hmm. because we don't have it like that. Right. We don't have the luxury of sitting out of the vote. I, as a woman, don't have that luxury because poor RBG, right. she... Girlfriend she's not is gonna hanging make it. on. She's, she's not hanging make on it. by a thin, a very, very. She's beaten cancer. She done beat all kind of illnesses, and homegirl's still kicking. But she's not gonna make it on another four years, right? Unless they, um, they um, weekend at Bernie's her. That's right. the only way. And your implication is if she does retire, then the next president will have an opportunity at at the very least to elect somebody that reflects their beliefs, elect them into nominate them into the Supreme court. And if the party that's in um, the executive, uh, you know, as president, typically the, I want to say the house kind of follows. So the, you, or, it or the follows Senate. based on. So right now, since the Democrats have the majority in the House, the Senate, the, the Republicans the, have the Senate, the Republicans have the Senate. So the Senate confirmation is the final confirmation. Right. That's how they can um, muscle in. Their that's people. how beer drinking boy. Right. Uh, and it, I forgot to say that's how he got in. And that's and one of the the one of the things that I wish Obama didn't back down on was his Supreme Court nomination. He kind of like. All right, we'll just drop it. I think he could have should have fought a little bit harder for Merrick Garland, who was who, who was his supreme nomination. Yeah, that was his. That was his seat. My thing is, Mitch McConnell said he was going to do everything to block that. So right. I don't think there was anything that the president could have done. But I just wish he would have fought a little bit harder. But he fought harder. But, but that's given besides the point. appearance yeah. of yeah. Yeah, I, I feel you, and and I and I get it, and I think you know how they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. I wish he had done all the executive orders. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all these little had, petty executive I wish orders. He had a field up the court. Yeah. Left. All, all he had, a, I, he should have had a whole war room with nothing but people filling seats for the bench because that's yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. And they're doing it now under the cover of COVID. Right. So they're getting in all of these lower judges uh-huh. who aren't going to have the best outlook on people who don't look like them. Right. And yeah. so he's loading up all of these appeals courts, um, these federal judgeships that are lifetime appointments. Yeah. Which is another issue. Which uh, is a whole other issue. Yeah. So um, my actually. So I agree that uh, Biden sh- should not be the one trying to tell people who who aren't who who should be black or not just look 
Honestly, just, nobody should. Well, even if, even if it was a, if 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 he had a, a black VP, yeah. she shouldn't be on there talking about you not black if you don't do right. Alien. So that's my so that's my black. right. So that's my problem, right? So my problem is my my problems with Biden is him saying it, but I'm equally upset at the people who say, well, you know, the the the, the meme, no lies detected, and so on and so forth. It's like, look. As much as we don't like our, you know, black and brown conservatives, you know, they are still black. So it isn't our right. Even though they probably wish they didn't. But even though, you know, all skin folk ain't kin folk. folk Right. At all. That is not, you know, we, we, we should be able to address them, you know, in different ways outside of just pulling back their black card, which is a popular thing to say. But when it comes down to voting, we have to respect. That's the whole point of um, conservatives versus uh, not versus, but having different political beliefs. And we should be a nation to where your beliefs aren't different, are different. But at the same time, we should be able to identify with something that brings us together, especially in the light of all the stuff that's going on with Amy Cooper and George oh. Floyd, so on and so Tom forth. Tom Aston, Right. So on and so forth. Right? So my um, issue is with uh, black folks who, number one, are dismissing his comment because co-signing it, it even because they believe it's true. Right. So that's, that's the first issue I have. The second issue I have is with the people who say, in addition to that co-signing will saying, well, Donald Trump, he said this, Donald Trump, he said that Donald Trump, he said this, this is, he said so much worse, so much worse, so much worse. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. We yeah. can, talk as bad as we want about Trump for all the crazy things he said and done and still call a spade a spade when it comes to Joe Biden, just because Trump is worse. Doesn't mean we get, he gets a pass. And along those same lines, how much attention did this one comment from Joe Biden get as compared to all the crap that Trump has said. Right. He this this story was everywhere. I mean, and Trump has said stuff much worse and hasn't gotten this amount of traction. I mean, they even got t-shirts on that they're selling for God's sake. Right. I so mean, so you're so you're bring so you're giving to to that point. You're giving the conservatives, the people who are like Trump, Trump. You get you're giving them ammunition against uh Joe Biden number 1 versus uh, True, he said what he said, but the fact that they are co-signing it, you know, they Trump and that conservative group are looking for black voters, you know, to where, you know, uh, you rub people the wrong way, then people will, you know, um, I don't know. It's just I, I think that black folks, Democrats specifically who are black, um, I think we do let the Democratic Party take us for granted. And an example is for somebody like Joe Biden that we quote unquote, as a group, like, even though he has some of his issues with the, I can't get over creepy uncle Joe and him smelling people's, the the girl's hair and those weird long hugs. That's just creepy to me. But anyway, (laughs) um, you know, I think we need to hold our democratic leaders accountable 
and just giving him a pass because we need him to beat Trump, which we do. And ultimately, I do agree. And ultimately, I will vote for Biden over Trump, not just because he's a Democrat, not because just Trump is a conservative or a Republican, but because of some of the things, the atrocities that the Trump campaign and the Trump um, government administration administration has done. It's just so and not just just to me, right? Me as a black person, there are. Things that immigrants. Trump has said towards immigrants, towards LGBTQ, right, right. Some I of the, mean, poor people, right. Some I of the, mean, some, the list goes on. right. It's like I have to have enough sympathy for people who don't look like me to recognize we're all in this fight together. So if that means voting for Biden to get Trump out, even though I would prefer, I'll admit I'm not a necessarily a Bernie bro, but I was more on par with some of the things Bernie Sanders was doing. I was more on par with some of the things Elizabeth Warren was doing versus Bernie Sanders. This was my girl. Liz as um, president and uh, Juan uh, Castro. Yes. Uh, Uh, Julie, I'm sorry, Julian Castro as VP. I was more in line with some of the things they were saying than Joe Biden, but nevertheless, Joe Biden, I guess at the time, again, because who Trump is, Biden was... I guess they. We need another old white man to go up against another old white right. man because he, that's the only way we're gonna win. That's the only way we're gonna win, right? So, um, again, like I said, but I think that because of, of Biden, because of his track record, because of some of the things he's been on the wrong side of, I think we as African Americans who are also Democrats, I think we let them take us for granted. And I think that is a move that we are going to have to stop doing. Now, I don't know if it's this election. I don't know if it's the next election, but I seriously think we need, I believe with I on the, on the side of Diddy and people like killer Mike do people, especially killer Mike that I respect a lot that he, we need to put, do a better job as African-Americans. We need to do a better job of putting some sort of agenda to where whomever the elected official, whomever the party that can side, can agree to, can um, get behind some of these points that we need to see. If they can't, then we simply cannot vote for you. So in the case of a Joe Biden to where if we put point, if we put forth some sort of agenda and based on his track record, no, no, forget the lip service because Joe Biden does a good job at the lip service. But he's a politician, right? If you can't say unequivocally that these are the points I'm going to run on as president and then have the tooth teeth behind them to back them up once you do get elected, if you can't, then we can't vote for you. And we need to the stop. The good it. book says faith without works is dead. Right. We've and, put enough faith in them already. Right. And where if, it works at. And if the Democrats can't do it, I hate to say it. As much as we hate, quote unquote, hate the Republicans, there has to be another option. There has to be another way. We It can't just be pick the lesser of two evils. And I think we we're way past that now. Right. And I think people I think particularly black and brown people are coming around to that now because of what we had four years from when Trump stole the election to now. So you mean to tell me in those four years, Joe Biden is the best we could pick. Joe Biden, 70 something year old man is the best we could do. And the thing is, it's not the best we could do. We had some really good candidates, right. but 
people again are biased and racist and they could not get past, you know, what someone looked like. I mean, the whole, you know, thing against Kamala, Kamala, she was, I mean, what do you expect from the attorney general? And my thing is some people need to go to jail. Right. I, some, there are some people who need to go to jail. Pe- right. There are some people in jail who are supposed to be there who need to be there. Yeah, and now, while they're there, should they be rehabil- rehabilitated? Sure. Should it be better conditions? Sure. Should we not be disproportionately put in prison? Sure. Yeah. But some people do stuff and they know what's wrong and they should be there. So the thing is, you had what uh, Julian Castro. You right. had uh, Kamala Harris. You had... Um, I mean, even Elizabeth Warren. I mean, right. you had viable people, and Elizabeth had a plan for everything. Right. Mama had the plans. Right. Yeah, it's just it's just amazing at what we decide is electable, and it even if it goes against our best interests, even if it or even if it not goes against our best interests, even if that's not the best person for the job, it's just amazing at, at what we declare is electable, and I think. I feel that that is going to, if not has not already done us a disservice, especially with specifically with, you know, Joe Biden and these, if you don't vote for me, you ain't, you're not black, you know, comments that to me kind of solidifies the idea that, look, we've got people in office who are, you know, taking us for granted and to say stuff like this and not necessarily let it slide, but it is not going to be as harsh of a, you know, uh, issue for him because we're so concerned about who's already in office. And I think we're doing us, ourselves a disservice. And I wish oh, I think we're doing a great disservice and, because we're on, we're in reactionary mode. We are in proactive mode. We are just reacting to everything that he does. Every day is something new. Every day is something different. And we're just in a constant mode of reaction instead of action. Yeah. So it would be nice that uh, a, a, a third party or another, not even just there. I believe we should have more than two parties. I, I think it's crazy that the Democrats and the Republicans both um, uh, team up when it comes to a third party, uh, a third Green Party, the whatever party out there. I think the Republicans and the Democrats, they come together quick, fast and hurry when it's to time get them to, out the paint. to push somebody out. You know, <laughs> exactly. if, if you look into the Democratic National Committee and the Republican National Committee, they have plans and they do things when it comes to the debates, you know, back in what uh, 20. When is that? 2012 when um, a popular Green Party, I can't think of the guy's name. I can see his face. But anyway. Ralph Nader? Yes, Ralph Nader. Maybe even before 2012. He was way yeah, back in the day. He was way back. Yeah, but, you know, uh, some of those people, you know, I mean, the Republican and, and the DNC and RNC, they do a good job of banding together to get them out of the paint. And why is that? Because it's, to me, it's much less about public policy and it's more about power. Yeah. And, you know, the fact that the Democrats, you know, tried so hard to get Biden their uh, nominee, you know, that they, you know, even going back to Hillary Clinton, you know, I, I, again, not to be a Bernie apologist, but, you know, the fact that they tried so hard to get him out of the paint and get Hillary Clinton elected 
and then turn around and kind of do the same thing for Joe Biden, you know, push so hard to get him in there. And it's just it, it to me, it's just like the Democrats are almost, if not equal or close to then some of the same stunts that the Republicans that we so we quote unquote hate. That, yeah, because you know, of, because they have those stunts and they do those stunts, but they do them, they don't do them with racism. Right. So it makes it seem a little more palatable. Right. Well, because they aren't so, I don't want to say mean, but they aren't as direct as they aren't easy devils to spot. Right. Right. So yeah, this all that to say the less this lesser to lesser of two evils thing is starting to wear thin on me personally, but I also think we need to, as an African-American community, as people who just want to see more options and necessarily got to be black, you know, you could be white, you could be Asian, you can be Latino and just being stuck in red or blue, I think is not doing the country any good as a whole. And what a purple party at? Yeah. Green party, something rainbow, something, something else. I think, (laughs) I think we need, yeah, I think we need to do something else. And I just wish that, you know, one group, if not African-American community, will finally say, no, we are not. Enough is enough. Uh, not, and, and, but at, at what? But what is the again? Can we handle the outcome? You know, can we handle four more years of Trump if black people as a whole decided, you know what? I can't take it. We're not voting for you. You know what? 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 lasting effects is that going to have? Is that going to have a bunch of conservative judges in the Supreme Court? Is that going to have a bunch of, you know, uh, are we going to change laws that relates to abortion? Is that going to change laws as it relates to gay rights? You know, what is the effects of finally saying we can't take it anymore? I mean, it's like, hey, is this what is this? Is this? Is this? Is this, this what it? we? Is this it? Right, right. So it's got to be something else. So that's, I guess, that's my whole thing about the whole. Joe Biden thing. There's got to be a better option, especially when somebody come out and say something goofy as this. As goofy as this. <sighs> just dumb. But like I say, he's too comfortable. Right. You because only, he knows he got only, us in the bag. Yeah. And, and and again, that whole, and and don't get me wrong with Diddy, what I was saying earlier about Diddy and Cube and any of those other folks, I completely agree that we need to have an agenda that we don't just need to give our vote away. But that's something these people have enough influence and power right. that they could have brought this up three years ago. Yeah. You don't wait until yeah. a couple of months before right. the election to start saying this, especially when you know the people who listen to you right. and they easily will take that and say, well, did it told me I don't need to vote? Right. No, that is not. Yeah. And that's and I'm and I know that's not what he meant, but that's the way it comes across. Right. And not everybody is that skillful at navigating some of the language. And so they just hear it as, oh, you know, my idols, people I look up to are saying that I don't need to vote. So I'm not going to vote, especially right. when he did that big voter die push. Right. I mean, they have to be. We have to think this self-aware and cognizant right. of what they're putting out before right. they say it. Right. No, I get it. I get it. And again, like you mentioned, like I mentioned, the the doing it this late in the game could be have adverse effects that could last for generations. Yeah. So, yeah, completely. It's like what I mean. Yuck. There's a lot going on. So. All right. Yeah. Let's just keep it going. You know. (laughs) So, yeah. So let's keep it going. Um Speaking of which, you know, a lot of things going on. You know, did you see the um, 
the weaponizing white woman who decided that she was going to call the police on this black man who corrected her for breaking the law. Have you seen this story? Mm-hmm. For those who don't I'm know, saying. for those who don't know in central park in New York, there was this uh, brother who was bird watching and he was in the park and there Take was a sauce for a brother bird watching. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, and he observed uh, this white woman walking her dog who the dog was not on the leash. Uh, according to Central Park rules in that particular area, uh, you had to put your have your dog on a leash. And the reason why he was kind of perturbed, because in his bird watching thing, he, you know, a lot of the dogs get into the bushes and they disturb, dis- disrupt the, the birds and messes He's with trying his, to look at the bird. Right. And they, and they, and they scared they, them off. Right. So he <laughs> tells the lady, you know, you need to uh, leash your dog. And according to what happened before the video started rolling, he decided he was going to bring out some pet food or pet treats for the sole purpose of getting the dog away from the bushes. That's going to mess up his whole bird watching thing. The lady didn't take too kindly to that. And then he started rolling the camera and he caught horror on film, deciding that she was going to call 911 and told him and threatened him and said, hey, I'm going to call 911 and tell them that a black man is threatening, threatening me and my dog. So she tells him she's going to do that. Then she gets on the phone and says, there is a black man threatening me in Central Park. Please come and get help. And not only did she not do it once, she did it three times. And each time she ramped up the severity of the, <laughs> and basically weaponized her, not only her tears. Her, not only her tears, but weaponized her privilege because again, she was committing the crime by not not having her dog leashed and the nerve of her to say, how dare you as a black man tell me that I'm doing something wrong. So I'm going to call the police and I don't even have to worry about the police getting me from doing something wrong because I know the history of police and black people and they're automatically going to take my side and they're probably going to beat you up and you might even get killed, but I'm going to do that anyway. So she ran again, like I said, on three occasions, she said the police, she on the phone, she said, the police are threatening me. I mean, this black African-American man is threatening me and my dog. And then she says again, there he's threatening me. And then it went from, He's threatening me and my dog to it's he's threatening me to help, help, help. This black man is harassing me. Please send help. And it just and it in the midst of all that, she's choking the dog. The dog can't breathe. Poor dog. (laughs) Finally, (laughs) finally, finally, she puts the leash on her dog. After all that, he says, thank you. The camera stops rolling. They, I guess, leave, go about their way. Police shows up, but not until the reason why, of course, the reason why we're hearing about this is because he videotaped it. His sister or his cousin put it out on social media and everybody gets to see front and center what happens when somebody decides to call the police for whatever reason on a black man. This is like the beginning of why we get so upset when we see all of these barbecuing while black and walking while black and selling water while black of all the reason why we're so upset at all of these people, these white people, specifically white women, for some strange reason, the Karens reason they've been termed. Ooh, you can't say Karen. 
that's a racial, that's a slur. Oh, you is have to it? Say the K word. Oh, uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> gotta say, gotta say, Karen with the not with the hard in. <laughs> so you're supposed to say the K word. That's what the white women said online. The K word, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, it's <laughs> it, it's it's frustrating to see that this woman knew what she was doing and deliberately exactly what she was doing purposely made race an issue. So again, all these people, when they see uh, black folks upset about the police harassing and killing, as we'll learn a little bit later, uh, harassing and killing black men. And they always say, well, you know, um, well, what did he do? Or, you know, he should comply. And, you know, you're always making, they should just follow the rules or, or you're always making race an issue. Quit playing the race card. Well, now we see specifically a white woman deciding that she wanted to play the race card, the race card, because it goes both ways because she couldn't stand that this brother was telling her to obey the law. And she decided she wanted to call the police because she couldn't stand it. So, and then of she course, put his life in danger right. because she was in the wrong. Yep. And because she was, um, uh, dis, uh, oh, crap. I can't think of the word I'm saying. I'm thinking she was inconvenienced, right? Inconvenienced because this black man told her to leash her dog and she couldn't, she lost it. And people say, well, why would this does not mean oppression, right? And, but and, that's what they, the Karens think. Yep. And then, you know, the people on the internet was like, well, why would she do that when she knows that, you know, this would bring negative, bring her in a negative light? You know, especially, especially when she knew, especially when she knew that he was recording. And I think, again, she all of her sense and sensibility went out the window because she couldn't. How dare you, a black man, tell me what to do? I think that's it. Same thing with the same thing we just said about President Obama. Uh-huh. The fact that he was president, I mean, it sent them in a tailspin, and they just did not know how to deal, and they had to go with the freaking nuclear option. Yeah. And that's what she did. Yeah. She went with the nuclear option because one, she knew she could, and two, she knew there wouldn't be any real consequences for her. Right. Right. So fast forward. And to, she gets to go on TV and cry about it. Right. So fast Everybody forward. Everybody's so mean to me. Yeah. So fast forward to the consequences. Of course, the internet does its thing, finds out where she works, calls the manager, <laughs> quote unquote, <laughs> calls the manager and she loses yep. her job. And of course, they Lose run her dog. name, loses her dog because she, she got to give the dog back. Because, of course, like I mentioned in the video, while she's calling the police, the dog is choking and almost, you know, loses, <laughs> lose his life because she's too busy trying to get this black man beat up. So lose her job, you know, again, the dog, she has to give the dog back. And then now she has to go on this apology tour. She apologizes. She's banned from Central Park, too, I think they were saying. Yeah, yeah. So she goes on this apology tour, gets on CNN, gets on Good Morning. Uh, I don't know what news channel she was actually on. I just remember she was on CNN. I don't know any about the others, but she was probably on them, too. Yeah, on CNN saying, you know, this is ruining my life. You know, well, girl, you try um, to have a man killed. You yeah, try to have his life ended. Exactly. You know, so I think people are. Yeah, I think people are finally deciding that, you know, this can't stand anymore. We're not going to sit by and let just people get away with stuff. So um, and and and, you know, people in general, we're not going to the oppressed are not going to be the ones to turn the other cheek and say, I'm sorry. Even though the brother who's the bird watcher decided, you know, Ugh. yeah, he came and said, you know, y- y'all should forgive her. And, 
you know, the death threats, you know, should stop, which, you know, in a little on one hand, I do kind of agree, you know, the death threats, but she specifically she tried to have you kill me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that's I got the, no sympathy. That's the, that's the, I got zero sympathy. Yeah, that's the energy you put out in the world. So karma is a mother. So and at the same, so fast forward on the same weekend, this all I think happened around Memorial Day weekend, uh, mm-hmm. up in over in up and over in Minnesota. You know, uh, and it hasn't even been substantiated that he was the actual guy. But anyway, fast forward. He wasn't. They, it was, it's two. It's two reasons that they said they they arrested him. But I'll let you go. And then. Yeah. So up in Minneapolis, there was a, a a store. I don't know what kind of store it was, but they called the police. It was a grocery store. Grocery store called the police because there was a guy who was writing bad checks. Mm-hmm. Um, allegedly. The poli- allegedly, the police show With up. No- they had no cause for that. Right. But. right. But anyway, so they called, made a complaint. Somebody's writing bad checks. Police show up, find uh, George Floyd in his car. I don't know if he was asleep. I don't know if he was, whatever the case may be. They found him in his car. He fit the description, pulled him out of the car. According to the police, uh, he resisted. Uh, Which cam- has been refuted. Right. Cameras are rolling. And now the police are laying. He's face down. Hands handcuffed with the police. This particular police in general has his knee on his neck and George Floyd. Yeah. The officer had his knee on his neck. And according to George Floyd, cameras are rolling. We hear him saying, I can't breathe. Get off my neck. Uh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Uh, And according to the, I couldn't watch it that longer, but uh, he dies under the, um, while being had his neck, uh, the police on his neck, uh, in the street while he's handcuffed. So they're saying he was, yeah, they were saying, yeah. So they're saying he was dead three minutes before, um, he took his knee off. So I think it was a total of nine minutes Right after six minutes, they said he went limp. Right. And this guy kept his knee on him even after he was dead for additional three minutes. Paramedics. When they moved his body, they saw drool on his face from uh-huh. where he was suffocated right. and on the ground. Yep. Paramedics show up. They and the reason it. they said they did all this because he was resisting. Right. Uh, paramedics show up. Uh, they confirm that he uh, had no pulse, took him to the hospital and uh, died. Uh, according to the paramedics, EMTs, uh, he died on the scene. Uh, again, like you said, uh, cameras are rolling. Of course, people were out there, you know, get off of him, get off of him. You see he's. He, you know, he's down, he's not moving, you know, why don't I get off of him? They don't get off of him. Um, Of course, you know, fast forward now, you know, in today's climate, you know, the the officer and the three other officers that were also holding him down. There was one, there was one officer with his knee on his neck. Yeah. For a bad check, for a bad check, they had to uh, put this guy face down on the ground, handcuff him, keep his knee in his neck while two other cops hold him down. Uh, so all, all four of those cops were fired. Uh, fast forward, you know, they uh, should many, be in jail. Yeah. And, and hopefully they, you know, charges in the whole nine, uh, Minneapolis starts to erupt. So now people are in the streets and, you know, uh, rioting and, you know, defacing. Pro, I mean, it was peaceful protesting. They, mm-hmm. they call it rioting. I think that happened after, but initially right. it was peaceful programming. Right. I mean, uh, protesting. Yep. And my thing with the whole protesting is, so you bring out all these cops and I don't know if it was uh, reserves or whoever and full riot gear, you are 
throwing rubber bullets and pepper spray. But just last week, armed people with semi-automatic weapons stormed a state house in Michigan, and y'all yeah. just stood there. Yeah, that like is the that, on a law. Yeah, that's the contrast that they're painting is that you know people can protest and you bring out the riot gear and the. And the, and the tear gas and all of the crowd control uh, mechanisms for people protesting that the police have killed an unarmed man when there was no immediate threat and no reason for him to lose his life. And then, like I said, contrast that with uh, white people, well, not just people just in general, who want to get their hair cut and uh, approached a Capitol building armed. And but that's a whole that's that's a whole nother it's related, but you know, that's a whole nother issue. But the fact that I guess getting back to George Floyd specifically, the fact that they had to do all that for forgery, the fact that they had to do all that because he was resisting arrest in the beginning, initially, allegedly, allegedly resisting arrest when other camera angles show that he wasn't even resisting arrest. They pulled him out of the car. Right. And walked him over to a wall and he's a tall guy. So imagine trying to be a tall guy, handcuffed, forced up against the wall to sit on the concrete. Right, right. And the fact that what what struck me as just heartless was the officer, not that he had his neck on the guy for so long. The part that I can't get over is while he had his hand, his foot, his uh, knee on his neck, he had his hands in his pockets if you look at the camera again, the officer has his he's hands. Chilling. He's just chilling on this man's neck. No regard for this guy's life at all. He is the, the George Floyd himself is saying, I can't breathe. The people around him saying he can't breathe. Y'all got him detained. Get off of him. And the cop just sat he ain't there. Going nowhere. The cops just sat there and didn't do anything. The, the, and the thing that bothers me is these, there's no accountability for cops who the whole point, the whole point is to protect and serve. And it seems like time and time again, they're doing the exact opposite and it has to stop. Something has to change. Something has to change. I'll give you out in, in every single case. I will every single case we've heard about. I'll give you that. They were resisting arrest. I'll give you that. They didn't want to be detained. I'll give you that. They were mouthing off to the cops. I'll give you the fact that they didn't comply. I'll give you all that. And they still died. And they still. You have to kill them for that. Yeah. That's the part. You've seen. Right. And you've seen on camera where there have been other races of people. I mean, downright in the police face. Caught, you know, call them all kind of kind of names coming at them mm-hmm. and they just back away or they just try and talk them down. They use the or restraint. Then they, yeah. Or they tase them. I mean, like I just, either, it's just either, it's either, exhausting. either be brutal across the board or use their training and use your restraint across the board. Do it. If you, if you're going to be ruthless, be ruthless across the board. If you're going to protect and serve, protect and serve across the board. Don't pick and choose when you're going to do it and claim you're threatened and claimed he resisted and claimed this was the only thing you could do. And if you're that scared, don't be a cop. Yeah, right. So if, if you're that scared, don't be a cop. Yeah. So hopefully or work inside or something. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully that this latest incident will spark the change that's 
has to be done within police law enforcement. Of course, there are good cops everywhere. There are a few bad apples that spoils a bunch, but this speaks but to the, ne- the good cops. Uh, the good cops never speak up. And it's not just that it speaks to a larger issue of how cops are trained, who is brought on the force and how they govern ongoing. There is seems to be a lack. There seems to be a lack in every single area to where they are brought on to how they're allowed to govern and the punishment. You know, if they do this, it yeah. seems like they are above the law and nobody should be above the law, even the law. Right. Yeah. So, and you know, somebody made a point is like, why as a lawyer or a district attorney or a prosecutor, I've got to go through four or five years of education. I've got to pass this big old test. I've got to go through all this internship and all this stuff to become a lawyer to uphold the law when police officers just got to do a couple weeks of police academy basic training and then just pass a, you know, uh, then you give them a weapon and and free license to just go out and do whatever and no accountability. It's like something, something within law enforcement has to change to where we stop these issues or mitigate or minimize these issues going forward, because we can't see another one of these. I mean, we, uh, I just can't take it anymore. And it's just, yeah. and I mean, even, you know, Following up on the George Floyd thing, I mean, we have Breonna Taylor, yep. you know, yep. the, the shot killed in her home because they served a warrant on the wrong house and they already have the guy in custody. Then they arrested her boyfriend for attempted murder because they said that he was trying to attack the cops. Well, if you come busting in my house in the middle of the night, unannounced, shooting, whatever, unannounced, unannounced. shooting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm going to fight back because I don't know who the hell you are. Yeah. And it just, seems and they it- finally released him. But I mean, it's just, you shot this woman eight times. You can't even sleep in your own home anymore. And the did- same thing with Atiana's. Oh, it's just, it's just too much. And they did it's again just- in all those cases, they don't follow procedure and they are above reproach. It's like, and they-, they don't, and it doesn't get any attention or even investigated until people get on social media. This stuff with Ahmad Aubrey with Brianna Taylor, this stuff happened at the beginning of the year. And it's just now, getting looked at people are just now getting arrested in Ahmad's case no one's been arrested in Brianna's case they're still trying to push to get someone to be held accountable to get some details and they've been completely shut out and the only reason that we know about it now is because of social media hashtags and and, the and only and, reason and in in the George Floyd's case, they didn't tore up a target. So now people are upset. Why are they looting? Why are they tearing up stuff? Why are they tearing up? Pro- because people are angry. Any other time, nobody does nothing. So it's like we got they got to do attention. We got to get attention. Got to do something. So like when kids want your attention and you won't give it to them, they just fall out. Yeah, they have yep. a temper tantrum. So so yeah, it's yeah. just it's oh. just a lot. All the stuff and, going on. Go ahead. Yeah, and I was just say one more thing in Minnesota. Um, three or four uh, black entrepreneurs in a WeWork building working out in the gym. This guy asked them if they belong. Are you supposed to be him calling the cops on you? Mm. No, I haven't heard the that next story. day. The next day after George uh, Floyd. Floyd was killed. Yeah. Yep. I so in the same up. state in Minnesota in in the city. Um. So in the same vicinity. He thought that he could video them and call the police on them because he's demanded 
um, that they show him his key card. Who are you to demand anything? Are you supposed to be in here? How am I supposed to know you in here? But yeah, so he, he called the police on them. Um, They eventually called the leasing people and the leasing people verified that, you know, yes, they are supposed to be there and all that kind of stuff, but it shouldn't own business. They were in there working out, working out. Nobody was bothering you. And his rule was, oh, well, it's not fair to the to the people who pay if other people can come in and work out and they can pay for it. That is not your problem. That's not your problem. That is not your business. That's not your money. Right. You don't own the building. They're not taking money out of your pocket. You don't own the building. You don't own the company. You're not employee. You're not security. Why? Well, I know why. Again, privilege. How dare you? Come in my area. Four young black guys in this expensive workspace. You you obviously don't belong. And the fact that you asked, do you belong here? Right. Is, you know, the sticking point. Good thing is the WeWork building terminated their lease because right. he was like an executive of a venture capital firm or something mm-hmm. in the building. So they terminate their lease. He's out. And now he's like, well, I probably should handle it different. Different. You think? How about mind your freaking business for a change? Yeah, and that's that whole privilege thing at work. We we reference it. We as in black folks, we reference white privilege all the time. And then a lot of our white brothers and sisters can't understand. It's like, well, I, I had grow up I had to work as just as hard as you did, and no, you did. my family came from nothing, just like yours. And I have to work a nine to five. That's not the privilege we're talking about. The privilege we're talking about is that you exist. You can decide whether or not somebody is doing something that you don't believe they're doing and you have the backing, the benefit of the doubt. You have the law on your side. You have history on your side that says I can do this and you can't. That in and of itself is privilege. And if you can't understand that, then I don't know what to tell you. You're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So, Quote me. I said it. And I mean, it's just, it's just a lot and a lot. It's just, it's just a lot going on to where it's like, I'm, I'll be honest, you know, half of me, I was on YouTube last night, following, looking at videos of this young lady who has migrated or moved to Ghana. And she is uh, doing a YouTube channel about her life and living in Ghana. Mm-hmm. Now, I ain't saying that I'm ready to pack up my stuff and move. But when people say, well, if you don't it's like it, <laughs> if you don't like it, then you can leave America. I'm actually like, hmm, you know what? You might have something there. You you, you might be on to something. <laughs> you know, let me let me figure let this me thing out this. because it's just I, 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 you know, the whole sentiment is, well, you're never going to escape racism and you're never going to escape oppression and you're never going to escape greed and all these ills of, of, you know, our society. I have to, I, I, at the very least, I should at least be able to say specifically and say, well, nope, here is an issue. This country has this issue. I don't know. I don't know what other issues other countries have. Maybe. I don't know what the African countries got going on. Who knows what their issues are, but we can find out. Right. And maybe and, their and issues. And weigh the pros and cons and see right. if their issues outweigh our issues. Exactly. Maybe I can tolerate their issues to where I can't tolerate America's issues. And no, you know, I haven't been a direct um, uh, issue with the police uh, leaning on my neck and I survived. And no, I haven't been the issue of somebody asking me, do I belong here? And I have to explain myself to the police. That don't mean I can't 
relate. And that don't mean I can't be upset. And that don't mean I can't have sympathy for you those empathy. people. Who, right. Empathy for those people who have to where I don't want to deal with it anymore, you know? And, but the issue is right. So here's the, the conversation me and my wife have all the time. Right. On one half of me, I says, you know what? There's some Kate, there's some, there may be something there to people who say, well, if you don't like it in our country, we'll leave. But the other half is America is our country too. We helped build this country and we should not have to leave. We should not have to wait around for people to finally uh, treat us as equals. And this this is not their country either. Right, right. So it's like we have just as much right to this country to make it in the the, the perfect place we want to live just as much as anybody else. So why is there one particular group that's always superior? Why is there other groups that are being oppressed if this is all all of our country this is a melting pot to where nobody besides the native americans have any sort of claim to be here right that have any sort of claim to america why if you don't like it you leave so we can make this a better place why do i have to leave to find greener pastures right so and especially if you're not willing to go back to where quote unquote you're from right. then why, why is, I gotta go is it the black and brown people always have to go back right. why why don't you go back right so it's just a lot and it shouldn't be it should it, it shouldn't should, be. be it shouldn't be but here we are so yeah and like with all the stuff that's going on like I I've made the decision that I don't go on social media before noon because I need my mornings if, if I'm gonna get my day off to a decent start I can't have this in my brain in the beginning. So I just started so far. I'm doing okay. I haven't missed it probably because it's all this bad stuff, but you know, you just have to do, you know, what's best for you. You have to, if it's, I haven't watched any of the videos. I don't plan on it. Well, any of the videos of them dying. Right. Um, I watched a video that showed that um, George Floyd um, from the restaurant across the street but I, you know, people are like, well, if you're not posting, my, if you're not talking about, it, you don't care. Yeah, I do. I care. And the problem is I care too much. Right. And you have to do what's necessary for your own sanity to protect you. Because a lot of us, black and brown, we have to take in and absorb and deal with all these things all while still having to work, still having to take care of family, still having to interact with society. And right. it's just crushing. Yep. It's absolutely crushing. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, I like to have a to pretend I'm a have a stiff upper, stiff, stiff upper lip and can take it on the chin. And it's just it's just like I'm, I am at the to a point where but at the same time, tired, the chin broke, the chin gone. Right. You ain't got no lip no more. You know, they say fight or flight. And sometimes I just want to get away, you know. Yeah. So. And sometimes I want to fight. Yep. I'm multidimensional like that. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. So let's try to change it up a little bit uh yeah. did you see this the verses yes these verses things tend to be the the the, the, the highlight the, the highlight the bright spot on all the things that's going on <laughs> so did you see the uh beanie man versus bounty killer versus i did okay so well, give me your give me your uh take on that how'd that go freaking fantastic okay right probably top two right and it ain't two. So I got a 1A and a 1B. <laughs> so it's the Jamaican one. Right. And uh, the shea butter. They called it Auntie Chella. 
So Auntie Chella was with uh, Jill Scott and uh, Erica Badu. Right. right. So, uh, so yeah, Beanie Man and Bounty Killer, and um, uh, of course, coming in close behind is um, you know Jill and and Erica. But the way I was so stressed about the audio and the Wi-Fi, I was like, oh God, we're gonna be in the middle of it, and then it's just gonna go goodbye because Jamaica isn't known for having the best. Uh, well, they connection. don't have they don't have that many Digi- options. Right? Yeah, Digicel is pretty much it. Right. When we went there for um for um Buju's homecoming concert, mm-hmm. um it was a struggle. Right. But we, uh, you know, we survived, and it, it turned out they did a great. And I think even with the Buju thing, they did a phenomenal job with pulling off that event. There weren't mm-hmm. any issues at all. It was fantastic. We had a good time. Right. But, so, yeah. so all that to say, you know, we may take you know, Jamaica and their technology for granted, because when you compare the quality of Beanie Man and Bounty Killer and they, you know what, you know, I'll give them that they were in the same place. So they didn't have to split the IG live and one person didn't have to join the other IG live, but, but they had multi microphones, they had multi microphones and unstable Wi-Fi connections right over there. Right. And I mean, everything was perfect. I mean, with Instagram, you eventually have to go over Wi-Fi. You can't plug in the Ethernet. I mean, there's a trick. To, there's a trick to it. But, you know, I think, you know, as 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 coordinated as they were, you have to give them credit that the sound and the, the, the visuals, you know, they put on a show. You know, And that's so. what put it over for me um, for some of the other ones, because, I mean, that that sound was crisp. That feed was clear and, they told and the fact that they were in there together right. and they were just vibing off of each other. You could see that they appreciated each other. And of course the music was dope. Right. So it was just like, it was a good time had by all. Yeah. I think Yeah, and it took you, it took me back to college. That's when I first, oh, man. that's when I first stumbled on to uh, Jamaican music was, you know, friends of mine, you know, took us down to Atlanta and, you know, they were Jamaican and they played reggae music the whole way down and the whole way up, you know, and then, you know, all the different. So take, it took you nostalgic, you know, and like you said, all the things you mentioned. Nostalgia. Yeah. You know, so all the things you mentioned made that one probably the best one so far. And like yeah. you said, the fact that we were surprised that there were no, no, no blank outs, no stutters, you know, nobody no c- couldn't hear anything, you know? So the fact that Jamaica two two Jamaicans all the way down in Jamaica with one wireless carrier could pull off that kind of sound versus you got two entire Ugh. groups of performers here in America, in Atlanta, Georgia, with multiple wireless carriers to choose from the crispest of connections could not could not put together any sort of decent music for us to listen to and for for those who aren't catching on we're talking about the, the other uh verses that happened over the memorial day holiday was jagged edge versus 112 and this is again, this is a music that, you know, specifically, you know, I went to college Nostalgia. too. Right. If you were in college, young adult during mm-hmm. the late nineties, early two thousands, mm-hmm. this was it. Right. So these were the two crooner uh R and B groups that were taking over, like you mentioned, for the late nineties, early two thousands. So we were looking for some more nostalgia and 
we, we couldn't get over the sound. We could not get over the sound quality. And they, the- I don't know what Jagged Edge was doing. And then the thing is, they were like, okay, we, we know it's bad. So we're going to come out and come back on. How do you go out and come back in? And it's worse than it was before. Like, bro. I, I mean, like how? I mean, it sounded like, of course, and then it, of course the, the memes and the jokes came. It sounded like they were playing the music off a of Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> With the with the with the CD CD spinner, you know, and it you just take it out and wipe it off a little bit because it's a little dusty. Yeah, blow they, off the inside they, of the disc player to make sure the optical drive. Right, they put their you know. iPhone in a in a coffee cup so they could amplify the sound. This is what it sounded like. It was it was stuttery. It, so it, it was echoey. It was far away. Somebody said it was all that white noise, the right. static that you see on the TV when TV used to go off. Right. I'm just like, I was trying so hard. Yep. I was like, I was trying so hard. Yeah, somebody said, sound like y'all got roaches in your speakers. I mean, it's just, it just sounded terrible and it just turned you off to where I, I listened to, I tried to listen to it for a while and it's like, you know, I can't. And then, like I said, here come all the memes and the jokes. And even Teddy Riley was like, welcome to the party. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, well, so. Still got jokes out. So it was, it was, the nostalgia was there for the 112 stuff because we could hear 112 pretty good. It was a jagged edge stuff that was pretty bad. And then even so, at sometimes 112, their stuff was kind of uh, fuzzy at times to where it's like, why couldn't they? I don't understand. So, but, I'm they, not, but Swiss Beats and Tim tell them they send they send them. A, I was like, they can't be sending these people anything. They send them a packet a of whole what packet. to do, right? A right. whole packet. And now they're saying that if you don't use our equipment, they're gonna send them like a whole thing. If you don't use our stuff, then we can't put you on. And I'm like, finally, right? <laughs> if you have to ship them some equipment right. and have them ship it back to you, do that. Because it was, it was, it was bad. I'm not an AV dude, right? But I'm, I know a little bit about tech to know you can plug your phone into a sound system and then from the sound system, play music through the phone into, like I said, I'm not an AV dude, but I know, especially listening to Beanie Man and Bounty Killer, the way they had their audio set up, they wasn't just playing music into the speakers, into the microphone of the iPhone or Android that was then plugged into Instagram. They had a, a, a a better setup than that. And I don't understand how they could pull that off. And then other people don't, it's not like the equipment is all that different. It's like, but they had an AV guy there. They had Brian Michael Cox in there. Like, bro, can you hook it up? When they, when they showed his picture, I was like, well, thank God somebody there to fix it. And it looked like he was trying to do something because he was all up in the camera. And then I was like, Oh God, I I tapped out. (laughs) I was like, I tap out. And I was like, let me slide back in to see what's going on. And I was like, I would mute, you know, when Jagged Edge would start playing, you know, I'd mute it. And um, I was I was having to be really selective mm-hmm. uh, with what I was listening to because it was so bad. Yeah, well, I just gave up. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully going forward, any new verses that come out, they'll do a little bit better job. Like you mentioned, hopefully they'll have a standard equipment pack that they can. And send, send a person out with it. Send a person. <laughs> Y'all got the money. Send somebody. Well, I, I would assume that they need a little bit more uh this is supposed to be it's supposed to be off the cuff it's supposed to be it's supposed to be kind of home homely 
to where it's like you got two artists. They ain't doing nothing right. They're not on tour. They're not booking gigs. They're not in, you know, I guess they could be recording music, but they ain't doing nothing. They under lockdown, just like you and me. So it's like it's supposed to be kind of like this off the cuff. Well, me and you are just playing our best hits. It just so happened Mm -hmm. we got these hundreds of thousands of people that love our music that are also listening. But it's 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 we passed that now. Yeah, it's right. all entertainment. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> we yeah, can't. What it started out with, we can't. We get. We can't keep that momentum. We gotta be a little bit more professional. Right, right. When you have a half a million people right. tuning in to this, and you you got to get together. And yeah. what I will say, so uh, Beanie Man and Bounty Kill was on Saturday, and Jagged Edge and One Twelve was on Monday. But on Sunday, um, Babyface went through the waiting to exhale soundtrack. Oh, I miss that. Now, let me tell you, it was so good. He needs to give lessons. He had ambiance. Right. He had um all of his tracks uh pre-clipped. He had all of his notes. And I mean it was just so professional. He had his guitar. He played the guitar live. He even brought in Tony Braxton on the iPad. Okay. He slid the iPad over into the screen so you could see Tony. Tony talked. He played the guitar. She sang from where she was, all good, all gravy. He was like, Okay, girl, bye. He pushed the iPad back out of you so you couldn't see it. Uh-huh. And it was just great. Yeah. So it was great. Yeah, so I guess, like I said, we all need if if this is the new wave, you need to make Which sure you like. right. You need to make sure you up the snuff as far as the technology goes, because we will get you in these comments and in, on these social media. <laughs> Black don't play. Yeah, and you just got and you just got to take it. Don't make no <laughs> excuses. Just take it. Just take it. Be or, like Teddy. Just get in on the joke. Right, or do better. <laughs> <laughs> we prefer you to do better because. We want to hear the music. Right. And so I was like, after that, I was like, now I got to go and actually listen to the songs from Spotify because I didn't get them the way I needed them. But now I'm in this nostalgic mood. So now I need to hear the stuff. Right. Nope. I'm, I'm like, you know what? You ruined it. <laughs> 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 I'll be nostalgic when I'm at a, 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 a somebody's event and y'all play it over the air there. <laughs> <laughs> I know we just got an email about because we were supposed to see Janet uh, in June. Uh-huh. Janet, we knew you weren't coming, girl. So now that's pretty much we don't know what we're going to do. We just right. waiting at this point. Hamilton is supposed to be September. I doubt that's coming. So this is the only entertainment we got. Right. So, so step it up. <laughs> step it up, please. And thank <laughs> because I think the next one is going to be a gospel one. I think it's. Uh, Fred Hammond and Kirk Franklin. That oh, should be. Um, well, if they can get it together, stuff, don't be extra. You know, Kirk Franklin. Oh, Kirk is extra, mm-hmm. but he he a church boy, so yeah. hopefully they'll have all the organs and the mics and stuff set up right. You know how them church folks do. So we'll bring see. in the church AV guy to set it up for you. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we will see definitely. All right. So all right. Well, that's it for the culture. Um, let's move into the hookup. I had something, but we're almost two hours into this thing trying to catch up from last week and all the stuff that's going on this past week. So I'm going to skip this week. So nothing for the hookup. Just so, take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Take care Unplug of yourself. If you have to. Right. Yeah. 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 Do some social media distancing this week. Yes. There's a lot going it's on. It's a lot. So give yourself a break. Don't be too hard on yourself. Yeah. 
So, all right. Well, I think that is it for this week. Uh, definitely download, rate, and review us. We're definitely on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts, and we're on Spotify. If you want to engage with us via social, we're also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Snob OSCast. Uh, if you want to leave some comments and suggestions, you can do so via either going to the web at snoboscast.com or you can leave us an email at snoboscast at gmail.com uh, hopefully I'll be here next week I won't have packed my family up and moved to Africa by next <laughs> week <laughs> so hopefully we'll be back next week to give you another show because hopefully, yeah, hopefully lighter news hopefully lighter news hopefully lighter news yeah maybe we'll have some some positive outcomes of some of these stories that we talked about. But other than that, we will see you next week. Uh, peace. Bye.